Happy New Year. Before we begin today's episode, I want to give you a quick update. Putting together podcasts can be time-consuming and sometimes frustrating. This episode was recorded a few months ago. It was a fantastic interview, insightful, engaging, the whole package. But, you know, technology can sometimes be a troublemaker. We faced some audio hiccups with our remote recording app, and the sound quality wasn't up to our standards. So, after doing a bit of audio magic to clean it up as best as we could, the audio quality is better and in sync. The interview video is in worse shape, so we're rolling with the audio-only podcast for now. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Making Sense of Technology in Multimedia. The podcast explores multimedia's exciting and ever-evolving world and its impact on creatives and our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the latest trends, technologies, and innovations in multimedia and make sense of it all. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and entertained as we bring you the most insightful and engaging discussions with experts in the field, along with reviews and new ideas related to multimedia. It's time to make sense of multimedia, and here's your host, Daniel Douglas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Making Sense of Technology and Multimedia. I'm your host, Daniel Douglas, and I'm thrilled to examine the fascinating world of creativity and technology in multimedia. Today, Nate Susix is on the show. Nate's has been involved in the creative field for nine years in various roles and positions from creating social media content, marketing campaigns, video editing, and animation. He's been at the forefront of innovation, exploring how artificial intelligence can enhance creative processes across various multimedia specialties. Today, we're discussing a hot topic, humanizing technology. It's all about striking a perfect balance between cutting-edge AI tools and the human touch in creative endeavors. We'll explore how these AI technologies transform how we create photography, videography, and more content. So whether you're an aspiring creative professional or just someone curious about the changing landscape of multimedia, this episode will provide a balanced perspective offering insights from both sides. So without further ado, Nates, welcome to the show. Hello, Daniel. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to have a chat. Um, I do love both technology and I love creating. And I feel like blending those two together is a very fascinating world indeed. I've spent over 20 years in the uh, technology industry and a lot of folks, well, some folks, I, I won't say a lot of folks, but some folks, um, are just afraid of technology, afraid of, especially with artificial intelligence and the way it's going now. So there's a couple of things we want to talk about. One is combining uh, tech and creativity. How can we combine new technology with existing uh, creative processes? I think that's exactly how you described it, by using our existing creative processes. I feel like why people are afraid of technology is because it is often unknown, like people are afraid of the unknown and 
every new like development and progress we make as humanity starts as unknown, you know. So that's why people first think is fear and rejection, you know. Uh, for me, um, I like to embrace <laughs> new things. I'm very averse to uh, risk, I guess. I like to, you know, go towards the new and curious thing. And I like to communicate that to other people. So that's kind of like where my role is of communicating the unknown to the people who are in the comfort zone. So the way I like to explain it is basically do what you already do, like break down your process. Like if you're a video editor, if you're a videographer, whatever your creative field is, you know, just like break it down and make it into steps. Be very strategic about it. Like how do you do what you do from like beginning of, okay, I will start my project to, or to, to the end. Like, okay, this is the deliverable. And then like each step, you know, it can be supported by AI more or less. And then it's more just about how will you um, introduce new tools into your existing creative process. So I think it's not as much about reinventing everything and being afraid. I think just be comfortable, like whatever you're doing already, keep doing it, but introduce new skills, introduce new tools, and that will kind of help you create in new ways. Because I think AI enables us to create in very interesting new ways. And yeah, like through history always has been, technology always allows us to create in new ways. Let me ask you this. How uh, does AI effectiveness, uh, how does it uh, change the creative process, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm a photographer. I'm a professional photographer. I spent 20 years in the IT um, side of things. So I'm not afraid of, of the technology. I hear people, especially photographers, talking about, oh, it's going to take our jobs. This thing is out of control. And I don't know if you followed here in the United States, the uh, uh, Writers Guild of America uh, just settled their strike with the Hollywood studios. And I think SAG, uh, the Screen Actors Guild, is still on strike right now. And one of the big talking points that with that was they don't want AI. They don't want things like chat GPT writing their scripts. They don't want things like mid journey um, getting in the way of cloning them, themselves. Now, they have a point, in my opinion. They have a they have a valid point. But what's your take on that? One hundred percent. I think it's a great point. Um, for me, it comes down to humanity a lot because I think AI is not autonomous. It does not just do things. It's not like you say, "Oh, make a movie for me." No, that's not how it works. It has a user. So literally, humans are the people who make stuff. And now we just use new tools, which is AI. So the way I see it is literally, it is a tool. Like you say, you have been a photographer, you use a camera, you know, now there is a new tool, which is AI, you know, before photography, before camera, there was like pen and paper, you know? So we have all of these like available tools to express ourselves, to like create things, you know, and I think not one is better than the other. They're just different. And I feel like, right. For me personally, I like to use a lot of them and I like to, you know, combine them together. I feel like that creates like a lot of interesting outcomes as well. So I don't think, you know, AI is better, but I do think it is very powerful. I think it is very, very, very powerful. And it definitely disrupts a lot of fields and it will disrupt all of our lives. So, yeah, I feel that um, it is on us, basically. Like as humans, we make these technologies, we create these technologies, and then we kind of just release them into the world. That is how it has happened with social media and that is how it has happened with AI as well. Kind of like the companies like made, you know, ChatGPT and Midjourney is like, oh, hey, here you go, play with it, you know, let's do your do your thing, you know, which, you know, it can backfire very quickly because, you know, not everyone will use it for something good or something positive, you know, there are, there can be a lot of misuse and abuse of technology and has been in history as well. 
So the way I see this is we are the choice makers here. We are the deciders of how we are going to do this. And that's why I think the conversation about the Writers Guild and all of that, it is very good because we have to establish how do we want to use this, you know? I think it shouldn't be just like free for all or like, you know, everyone, yeah, just like do whatever, whatever you want. I think it is good to have laws. I think it's good to have rules, but I do think there is a challenge because technology goes very, very fast and the laws are sometimes very, you know, it's difficult to keep up because technology goes exponentially and laws, you know, they are more um, slow and conventional. So yeah, that's kind of my opinion on it. I think. It is on humans. It is still like on humans. We need to decide what we want to do and we need to be human in that as well. We need to like ask ourselves, you know, how will this affect us? How will this affect another human being? You know, something like that. That is my <laughs> perspective and thought on it. Yeah. And I agree with probably 99% of what you're talking about right now. And, and for me, it, what I say to some other photographers when I talk to them is that the cost side of AI it actually is saving me money. So things mm -hmm. like Photoshop with, with the generative AI, there's nothing new about that. We've been creating composites for years. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference now? We have a tool that's helping us do that. Yeah. Photo restoration. That took hours to do. Now we have a tool. And plus, it helps other people do that themselves. So that brings me up to another question. We hear this buzzword about democratization all the time. Yeah. And in multimedia and uh, creative on the creative side, you know, we often hear about that, that it may get in the way of creativity. What's your take on that? I, my thoughts were also on this train. So we are kind of like aligned on <laughs> what we're thinking about. Um, I, I, I do think that um, it's very convenient. And with convenience, it, I mean, I, I see it as like two, two like sides of like AI. One side is like the pretty like parlor trick of like, oh, take a photo and you'll be a cartoon character. You know, it's fun. You know, like everyone can do it. Everyone can have a little fun. They can express themselves and all of that. And I think on the other side, there's professional work where we have like intention and direction in our creations, you know. So when you want to create something, pressing a button and hoping that, you know, it will give you a result. That doesn't cut it. You need to have your own process. You need to understand how to make it. And I think that's the difference that, yes, uh, it does allow a lot of people to create and express in new ways. And I think that is beautiful. I think every human should express themselves. They should have an ability to, you know, give their feelings some sort of form, you know. And if they felt like pen and paper is too much of a restriction, now typing words into a box, maybe that is easier for them, you know. Maybe that is more convenient, which it is, you know. <laughs> so I do think that is nice. but it can very quickly go down a slippery slope of just abundance of the sameness of, I feel like often I hear the words and like the sentence, like if everyone's an artist, no one is. And I feel like yeah, that is kind of true. You know, like if everyone can create an image by typing text into a box, you know, what makes you different? What differentiates you? So in the end, I don't think it's much different than it was. Like if everyone can take a photo, what different differentiates you again, you know? So one thing I also think about on this topic is that it's very easy to turn your brain off when you work with AI because it just does a lot of the work for you. You know, the way I see it is like with AI, I am kind of a creative director and I have AI assistants. So I say, okay, make an image for me, make a video for me, make a script for me, make a character for me, like whatever I want. I just like give the task to AI and then I check in and say, okay, this is good. Okay. This is not good. You know, make it like this or change it like this. 
And in this process, it can sometimes be very easy to just take whatever the AI gives you and just use that, you know. But AI, is, AI really is not that good. Like, it is not perfect. It does a lot of mistakes. Like, the outputs are often incorrect and also just distorted, like, images and, like, you know, the hands and the eyes and all of that, you know. So I do think if you're a professional, keep thinking. Like, as you have always, you have your, your creative process. Just keep thinking and use this as a tool. Like, just say, like you said, we have been doing composites for years. Now we have a new tool to do that, you know. So... Yeah, that's kind of my thought of it. I feel like there can be a lot of abundance of content and overwhelming information. And I think it is important to be mindful and thoughtful of what you're making in the world, basically. And I I agree with that. And I'm going to read something here. Um, it's about uh, OpenAI. Uh, OpenAI recently released DAL-E3 image generator. Uh, that allows artists to partially or fully opt out of having their work used to train future AI iterations. What's your thoughts on that? I think that's good. I, th I think... And, and the reason I'm asking you, Nates, is because I, I know you've used MidJourney uh, and some other things on your website that I'm sure you will get into a mm -hmm. little bit later on. Yeah, um, I think that's good. I think there should be a, a lot of conversations. Like I said, this is... A I think a trait of our human nature that we are so into progress and development that we sometimes don't take the time to talk about things of what does this mean? Like what will be the consequences if we do this thing, you know? So I feel like with AI, it has been similar. We just did this, we released the technology and now we are catching up on some conversations we need to have, you know? And I feel like this is very important conversation as well. Like um, if you're an artist and you don't want to have your art inside an AI model or like train AI with your art, I think it's good. Like, I think you should be able to say no, you know, and I think that is, this leads to like a bigger issue of privacy that we have been having on, in, on internet and in the digital age, because even with social media, we haven't solved that. Like we, we haven't really solved that thing. You know, I feel like we, everyone who participates online in the digital world, social media, if you're a public person like you or me, um, I, I have accepted and kind of resigned that I don't have privacy. Like whatever I post online, anyone can see it, anyone can use it, anyone can do whatever they want with it. And I feel like on one side, is this the world like we want to live in, you know, just like resigned into no privacy? Maybe not, maybe it would be good to you know, have an option of privacy and then you choose if you want it or not. So I think yeah, it's good that um, they are giving an option to choose what you're going to do with your information and data. And I also think, there are more options for this because there could be compensation for this. You know, if you contribute to training AI, you should be compensated at least, you know, not just given your, your art away for free. So I do think like there are things that can happen with this. And I think definitely it starts with the conversation. And I'm glad that like this has been happening as well, like with the legal conversation as well, like copyright and US, there have been like a few for like comic books and stuff like that, with, which were AI generated. Right. I think it's good that like this is moving forward. But yeah, uh, it goes fast. <laughs> it it does it does. So, what advice would you have um, for creatives to keep up with this technology? Because it's moving real fast. Mm -hmm. and it's not going to slow down. And 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 one other thought is, especially in the EU, um, they've already started moving. And correct me if I'm wrong. They've already started moving to enact some laws 
to uh, attempt to slow down the uh, um, development of AI. And I know there's been some talk here in the U.S. And, and for those uh, on the show, Nate is actually in Thailand and I'm on the east coast of the United States. So what are your, what are your thoughts on those, uh, Nate? Um, a few. <laughs> a few thoughts. <laughs> for, to, 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 answer, to answer the first uh, question of how to keep up, impossible. You cannot keep up with everything. And that's why I always say, choose your field, like choose your specialty, like what, what you are doing, focus on that. Like if you are a photographer, what would help you in photography? And that, that is why I go back to uh, what I said at the beginning of how I like to explain this to people, like when I talk with them and like train them and stuff like that, I say, break down your process. Like what is your creative process? And you will understand what is beneficial for you. So what does it take you to make an ad? What does it take you to make a product design? I don't know whatever you're doing, you know, um, and break that down into steps and you will have like a, a print, a blueprint of like which steps are important. And then you will be able to look for tools that are able to complement those steps. And then you'll know, okay, these are the tools that I'm following. And these are like the progresses that I'm following. For example, for me, I, I love storytelling. I love visual storytelling. I've done a lot of video animation. I've been a part of like productions for film productions and like motion graphics and VFX and stuff like that. And that's why my process, I have that broken down. I know that like I need a script, I need uh, storyboards, I need visuals, I need like footage, I need audio, I need that, uh, sound effects, like animations, motion graphics. You know, I have like my whole thing. And then I just look for tools that are able to do what I need to do. And I follow that. So for me, like uh, when I see all of these like marketing tools and, you know, like ad tools and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Looks, looks amazing. But then I'm like, ah, oh, do I just want to spend like my time looking for that and learning that, which I'm not even going to use in the end? No, not really. But then when I see like, oh, there's a tool that can make a 3D model. I'm like, yes, that is for me. I will follow that. So it's kind of like that. I feel like just be focused and it's very easy to get overwhelmed because it's so much happening so fast. So I think just take it easy <laughs> and focus on your thing and don't, 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 you know, get caught up in all of it. Just like you've been doing your thing for a while, just keep doing that and, you know, start adding like new things to it. Um, as for the second part of your question of, um, slowing down things, uh, I don't think we as humans are going to be able to unanimously come to an agreement and say, okay, slow down. <laughs> I think as far as I've been following, there is always one thing that people say in the end, and it's, it's a race that like, if we don't do it, they will do it. And I feel like that is not good motivation to build technology that is life and world changing. Um, I feel like if we are building something that is, you know, changing our lives, like everyday lives and the whole of humanity, maybe we should have a conversation of, is this good for us? Not a conversation of, oh, who will be there faster or, or like, oh, if we don't do it, they will do it, you know? So that's why I think, yeah, like UA, U, EU has been uh, setting up some laws and I don't know if they have like enacted them already, but it was definitely set on restrictions that like you can't use AI um, or like you can't train AI for like higher um, data. Um, token points. And I think that's good. I think it's good to like take a moment, slow down, maybe think about it. Um, yeah, I think it'll be good, but I do have my doubts <laughs> about it. So if people think this is all just happening just now, no, it's not. It's been out here 
You know, machine learning has been out for about 50 years now. Just no one has been talking about it. Um, AI, artificial intelligence, this isn't new. It's just the processes now are, you know, being redefined and, and honed in and, and they can do some, in my opinion, some great things with it. For me, when you train these deep learning, um, you know, and AI and, and deep learning, it's, it's what we said back in the IT field, garbage in, garbage out. If you're training it with garbage, it's going to give you garbage. So I, I tried to explain it to some people. And I, I, I kind of stumble when I explain it. Let me hear you explain how it is that these models are being trained, like uh, ChatGPT and Claude and these, these other, uh, and MidJourney and these other AI tools. And, and you used quite a few of them. I looked at your website as I was researching and uh, that I believe was like a one minute, one and a half minute video that you created using all AI tools, which I thought was kind of great. So I'll let you jump in here and uh, kind of answer that uh, complex question. <laughs> yeah. So just to start uh, off, like I am a creative. I'm not a technical engineer or anything like that, but I do like to understand um, what I'm doing and how things work. I like to have an understanding of, you know, whatever is my is in my life. So for the machine learning, as you said, I agree, like garbage in, garbage out. And I feel like that is in, in a very similar way how we can use AI. Like if you're going to put garbage in, it's going to be garbage out. And I see AI as a big amplifier. Like what you put in, it's just going to amplify, amplify, amplify. So that's why... Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Let's start. <laughs> it is a very complex uh, <laughs> yeah, question. It is. Let, let, let's try to break it down, I guess. <laughs> so uh, the idea behind machine learning is that you give um, the machine, the algorithm, you give it information, you give it data, and then you say, okay, learn. Now learn about this or like make this. So for example, I can use the example of images because that's like what I've been doing most of. Um, they give um, this AI um, I don't know, 100, 100 images of a cat and then um, the AI scrambles it. It like puts noise on top of it. So you can't really see what it is. You can't see what it is. And then this the second like task the AI gets is, okay, now make a cat. Make a cat. And because the AI has seen 100 images of a cat, it can create a cat even though like the image is scrambled or it's just like noise. Like we can't see a cat, but the AI can see it because it has seen it like in 100 different ways. It has seen how a cat looks like. It has seen how the noise of the image of a cat looks like. So now when it like receives a new noise, it can make a cat. So that is basically like how these like diffusion models work of um, for image generation. Um, so like the more things we give in to the AI, the more it's gonna understand. Okay, this is a cat, or okay, this is an apple, or okay, this is how a sentence works, or okay, this is you know the medical field, <laughs> or or whatever we feed it, you know, basically. So the, the problem with like this whole copyright and ethical thing as well is that these, some of these models were trained just on open data, just like on the internet. So there's like a data set called LSON5, I think, or LISON5, something like that, which is kind of like the, <laughs> the open internet data. Basically it's a scrape data from the internet. So like what people post on the internet, not, not exactly what people post, but like 
information that is on the internet. So like from websites, from like social media as well. And I'm not sure what all they feed in there. I mean, that's basically every company has their own method of data and which data they put in. And as you were saying, like Dolly, that they are going to like make a decision of which data to put in. And Adobe has similarly said exactly which data they use to train their image generators. So they don't use like open internet data, but like Midjourney does and ChatGPT has been trained on like the open internet data. So yeah, um, depends on the data. And that's why I also feel like I also just saw today that, um, ChatGPT got access to internet again, supposedly. So it's had it already. And that means that like, it can read anything now, which, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a, that's a pretty double-edged sword, you know, like giving it access to everything, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, right, it, it, right. it should be like a moment to think about, you know, what this means. Like if you ask it, if I, and that that's the danger that's the dangerous part. right that's the dangerous part right like let's say i ask it oh give me daniel's home address for example you know it could probably give it if it has access to internet and you have posted your address somewhere you know that is crazy that is crazy you know i think that that is something to think about of what to do uh, and how to use this technology you know so i do think like these companies have been better than, than, um, uh, some people might think. I think they have been very considerate and ethical in their practices. Um, they have put roadblocks in, so you can't like get specific answers. You can't ask specific questions. So even this example that I gave now, probably it would be blocked. I have not tried this thing because it's just like, I saw it yet, like now, like a few hours before we, we met and. I feel like that is good. And some people have been complaining, oh, like I can't search for this. I can't do that. Or like, I can't generate images, you know, of like, for example, nudity, this is like the biggest one. And I'm like, good, <laughs> you shouldn't, <laughs> you know, it's good that there are like some roadblocks, you know, you shouldn't be able to do whatever you want because that is quickly chaos and that is quickly, you know, dangerous. So I do think these companies, some of these companies are probably not all have been putting efforts into this and. Personally, I would love to see more effort into like human and ethical development. And yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm just hopeful because I'm a positive human being and I love humans. And I feel like we are moving toward that, that we can create these kinds of systems with a more like human um, mindset uh, in place, something like that. I'm not sure if this answered any of your questions, but here we are. <laughs> well, it has, you know, and just like when I do these podcasts, um, and, and actually this is my first video podcast. I've done audio only before. And I, I write up show formats and I kind of script it out and then I go back and forth. I use some AI tools to help me. It doesn't write it for me because I don't want it to write it for me. I'd, I'd rather be spontaneous and I'll jump around, for example, I was, we were going to talk about ethical stuff at the end, but we've been talking about it the whole, the, the entire time. So you get out of it, like you said, what you put into it. If you want to be a human robot, then let the chat GPTs, Claude and all the rest of them, let it do it for you and just sit there yeah. and hold the paper up and read it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I believe, as you said, to use this as a tool. So in other words, 
I come to you, I say, Nates, you're really good at creating uh, graphical stuff. I want to hire you to help me create these things. So that's all I'm doing with AI, yeah. except I don't have to pay it. Well, in some cases you do with subscriptions, but I look at it as a tool. Yeah, 100%. I agree. So I want to, I want to uh, come down and just uh, to jump in. I had a thought, uh, maybe to uh, go go through the thought real quick that we have been talking about ethical stuff, and that we've been talking about very like big picture stuff, and like how these things are made, of like what can happen with them, or like what we can do with them. And I feel like this also can get very like doomsday and like very overwhelming. So I do think there are like certain levels to look at this. Like these companies create these models they create these ai assistants ai agents whatever you call them whatever they make you know and that is theirs like that's what the companies make so as an individual let's say you're an individual creator or a creative professional you really can't affect that that much you know you you can like write them and say okay this is good this is good and like they listen to the community and the consumers and all of that but in the end like you will be using these tools and i think as a user of these tools just think about how you're using them uh, be human in your approach like you said don't just be an ai robot don't just like you know write it and don't use it to like you know exploit and stuff like that you know so even like when you talk with these models or like communicate with them be human you know be very human in your approach like don't um don't give bullshit in like don't don't give bad things in you know give good things in and you're gonna get good things back so when people say like oh like this is gonna take over the world it's gonna destroy us if we're gonna lead it down that way like if we say oh destroy 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 yeah of course but if you say oh love 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 or like encourage encourage inspire inspire it's gonna do that you know like i said it's an amplifier so what you're gonna put in it's gonna amplify that i think that's how we as individuals should also be thinking about it all of those are really good points um whether it will resonate with other humans on the planet i have no idea um I will say that I will continue to move forward and I'm sure you will as well. And I, and I know it's late there in Thailand, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but I, I just want to, um, ask you to as look at me as a beginner, just assume that I'm a beginner with all of this stuff and, and all of that. What advice would you give to a, beginner to work with these tools some solid advice and uh the follow-up question would be what ai tools do you use and which ones would you recommend okay so as a beginner i'm gonna assume you are on board for using ai because i think that is the first um obstacle to or hurdle to come over like mindset change of like okay i will use ai now because you know, some people are very against it and are afraid of it or whatever, like the reason is, you know, consider it. I think like as a tool, and it's also not autonomous, it's not going to take the job for you. A person who uses AI will take a job for me, something like that. You know, I feel like as, as, as like life goes, we always upscale, we always uplevel, we learn new things. And this is just another instance of that. You upscale, you learn new things, you know? So what you should do, like I said, um, it's easy to get overwhelmed. So. Maybe you will be overwhelmed. It's okay, but let it pass. And then once that is passed, when you have like all the shiny things like out of your vision, um, like I said, 
break down your process. Like, what um, are you doing? What What is your work? Like, how does it look like? How do you get from nothing to your deliverable? How do you come from not having anything to like creating something, you know? Break down every step of the process as much as you can. And once you have that, start thinking, okay, do I need images? Do I need video? Do I need whatever you want, you know? And then you will start looking for tools. And my favorite way to keep up with tools and information are newsletters. Um, I think it's an overflow of information in general. So I just follow like a few newsletters and like like read them some sometimes. I also write my newsletter, which is specifically for like workflows and stuff like that. Um, so that's how I would just like follow it. And I would say, okay, these are the tools that I like and I would follow new developments. And definitely the easiest way to learn is from others. You know, like now uh, it has been like kind of more than a year since like these creative AI agents have become available. And there have been a lot of people, me included, who have been experimenting and researching it. So we, we share now um, very openly. I mean, I share very openly of what I learned and what how you can make stuff. And a lot of other people do that as well. So I think that's just, in general, if you learn from others, if you work with others, you're going to learn faster than if you go by yourself. Um, so that would be probably my advice is just don't get overwhelmed with the shiny things. Um, be very focused on your niche your special specialization what you're already doing bring down the process and then start implementing tools in and i think and i think like you don't need there is a tool for everything now more or less like there is like a hundred new tools every week that's like becoming available and new platforms and stuff like that i think as a creative if you know how to use chat gpt you already have like i don't know 60 of the things covered like anything from like ideation brainstorming like you know script writing characters like i sometimes like uh, I train my own bot or just like I create a, on my own bot and say, okay, you are this character now. And then I say, it gives me a dialogue and it like gives me a dialogue for that character, you know, and I will read it and I'll say, okay, that's good. Or it's not good, you know, improve it, something like that. But in the end, like it's, a, you, you always gotta have to finish by yourself because it's not as good. Like it can't do the job for you. If you want to really impact people, you will need to do it yourself because you know, the feelings you want to communicate, you know, how these feelings will reach people. So you will have to like adapt the. AI output with your own like expression. That's how I do it at least. So yeah, I think like using ChatGPT or any like other uh, larger language model like Bard also is okay or like Claude is also okay. Like whichever one you feel like is most natural to you, use that. I think like image generators are incredibly good. So like anything like Midjourney. Um, but I think for me personally, I love Stable Diffusion, and I think Stable Diffusion is like for really professional work because it can give you control, intention, and direction in your work. So with Midjourney, I feel like it's more of like, kind of like a slot machine, you know, you write in a, you write in a prompt and you like hit a button and you're like, okay, you get to the images and maybe one of them is like, oh yeah, this is the one that I wanted, you know? Um, but like with Stable Diffusion, it's like, okay, I want to have this character. I want to have like this composition. I want that background, you know, you can be very precise in what you're doing. Uh, so that's why I like to use that a lot. And I recommend it for like professionals really who are like, you know, working in productions in ad agencies, like whatever. Stuff like that multimedia basically um yeah um there are other generators like dolly and like dozens of others like i said there are so many there are a lot of free some are paid um these are the ones i prefer um there are video generators which are also like um runway and pika labs um, i like those i think they are becoming very very good very quickly so like i feel like in a couple of months maybe next month <laughs> uh it will be like another update or something like that and they will be like again like amazing so I do think that's good. There is like some 3D things happening and some animation as well happening. It has been for a while. Um, 
yeah, so like these are kind of the things I use. I would say I have described a lot of things, but again, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Start simple, start using large language models, start using an image generator, then move maybe into video, maybe look for specialized use cases of whatever you are doing and just like move step by step, you know, like you dive deeper. Yeah. Something like that. Nate has really been uh, great uh, talking with you. So as we wrap up, um, I, I think you have, you do some training, online training. So uh, talk about any services that you offer and, and, you know, close us out here. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I, like I said, uh, I love to be the bridge between the unknown and like the people in the comfort zone, you know, because not everyone goes out to research. I do because I like it and I like to communicate that to people. So yeah, um, I have a website and Um, I also have social media, of course, I have a lot of like free PDFs where you can like learn the basics, which is also a great place to start. If you're looking to, for like me journey or ChatGPT. basically it's a lot about storytelling for me because I like storytelling and I've been working in productions and stuff like that. Um, and I also have been doing like corporate trainings, which is like on the other side, but I'm also doing, um, individual classes, which is more, more what I really enjoy where I can connect with like a group of people, like five, 10 people, and just have like a hands-on experience where we have a project and we make stuff basically. That is how I like to teach. I like to make stuff with people. And along the way we will learn things. I will present how the tool works. And in the end, you'll have like a project, a piece, you know, that, you know, feels nice. So yeah, I'm doing stable diffusion classes this month, actually in October. And probably like in November as well, it will be an ongoing thing. And I continuously um, just release like PDFs, written guides or video courses, stuff like that. So yeah, um, if you're looking to learn, um, probably website is good or LinkedIn is good. Anywhere with my name, you will probably reach me. <laughs> and it also has been very lovely to have this conversation. I'm glad we talked as much, uh, as much about um, the ethical side uh, as well as like, you know, some technical side, but I'm glad to always talk about the humanity in AI. That's all great. We'll have Nate's links and his contact information uh, in the description for you YouTubers looking at this on YouTube channel and for my audio only listeners, the links will be in the show notes. Uh, we talked about some really great stuff. So Nate's, I really appreciate you taking the time. I really enjoyed our conversation and hopefully we can connect again. Have a good evening and thank you for coming on the show. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe for free so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And don't forget to share it with your friends and family. All the links mentioned in today's show are in the show notes. Also, we would appreciate it if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. This will help us bring you more great content. If you have any questions, feedback, or topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out to us and leave a recorded message at fanlist.com forward slash making sense of multimedia, and we will play it on an upcoming episode. Until next time, stay curious and keep making sense of technology in multimedia.